Thanks, and welcome to Ask BBB. Ask BBB provides information about activities of the Better Business Bureau serving Western Ontario. Accredited businesses give consumers trusted information that helps in choosing products and services. And business owners and managers share insights that can benefit other business operators to conduct their businesses with trust and integrity. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Linda is the CEO and the president of BBB Serving Western Ontario. This past Monday, January 29, 2019, was International Data Privacy Day. Later, we'll talk about some of the things we were urged to do on Data Privacy Day and give you a chance to see how many things on the list you and your company can mark as done. And on this Groundhog Day, when everyone waited to see Odin predict how much longer winter will last, we take a longer look at the future as we explore some of the things you can do to make sure your company and your career within it will last. Our guest this morning is Greg Schinkel, president of Unique Training and Development. And besides conducting training courses for major companies across North America, Greg has co-authored several books, including the latest, What Great Supervisors Know. Welcome to Ask BBB. Hey, thank you, Linda and Jim. Great to be with you. Greg, we want to delve into what is in your latest book. But before we do that, let's look at training. Who needs it and what it can do for any company? Well, Linda, our focus is on manufacturing, distribution, and operations companies. So usually uh, all leadership problems or all, all problems at the root are leadership problems. And so when there's an opportunity for a company, whether it's to grow or to make it through a challenging time, usually it, re- it relies and revolves around the leadership capabilities. So what we do is we go in, we help companies increase their capability and consistency in their leadership teams. So, Greg, how large does a company need to be then before they consider contracting such training? Right. So, we, um, you know, Jim – in our in our beginning days, we definitely worked with a lot of smaller companies, and we still have them enroll people into our public workshops. What we've noticed lately is that larger and larger companies, both in North America, recently a Swiss-based company contacted us. Usually what happens is they have to have enough people where the business owner has now got managers and supervisors involved. And the larger companies usually have you know 200 people at a given site, so they have a dozen to 30 supervisors. Those would be the, the companies that we're working with. But small companies have leadership issues just like big companies do. So it's really just uh, finding the right solution that fits from a budget perspective. Uh, there are industries that require training in specific areas to comply with government regula- regulations like workplace safety, occupational health and safety, gas fitters, large machinery operators, and so on. What's the difference about the training your company offers? You know, it's a great question, Linda. I think that, you know, the reality is for most HR managers that they end up spending the most of their time on those compliance topics which leaves them very little both time and budget to handle kind of what might be more important but less urgent, and that would be the the training and development of their leadership team. So we know that when the leaders are weak, especially if they've been promoted from within, that um, there will be a problem when the supervisors start treating people without respect, 
um, when they are playing favorites and doing things that they might not even know are making a difference. Overall, the morale and attitude of the company will go down. And in the most serious cases, companies then risk having a union drive, for example. And it's not that unions are terrible one way or the other. It's just if you're used to not having a union, uh, if your leaders mistreat their people, you'll, you'll often open the doors to them. Is that one of the signs then that uh, you need some leadership training or is that the last sign? Is the all the canaries gone by then? <laughs> Jim, I guess it's the same as uh, deciding you have heart problems after you have your heart attack. But in, in a way, uh, usually the signs you start seeing is uh, annoyances in the on the people side of the business start to crop up more and more. What, what and do you mean by that? Uh, so you, you might get employees complaining about how their supervisor has been treating them or you might notice that the turnover in your company is going up. You're having trouble uh, recruiting and retaining uh, talent. So those are some of the early signs. If you start seeing uh, supervisors quitting or – um, or you have higher absenteeism, it's usually a sign that there's some leadership issues going on in the company. Uh, what are the signs then that your company could benefit from leadership training? So, well, you're again, you're going to see that if your leaders, especially if they've been promoted from within, have never had any leadership development, you're going to see that by filling in those leadership gaps, you're going to improve their communication skills, their ability to motivate, uh, lead, and inspire their teams. So you're, you're often either noticing business results are changing or you notice that the employee relations are degrading. Uh, either way, I mean, the most proactive companies are always looking for something uh, to do that will make the company even stronger than it is today. How important then is it for management and the leadership team to have clearly defined goals and admissions? Well, having a clear idea of why your company exists and what it's trying to achieve, especially if you can stretch stretch the performance of people, um, that is a very significant positive uh, motivator. So companies need the foundational elements of having a very strong and clear mission and vision. Uh, they also need to have ambitious goals so that people see a future with the company. If, if, if employees start to see that the company is declining or degrading, they're more likely to look around at other options. Should managers and supervisors make themselves aware of the skills and potential of their employees? Well, really, aside from the, the tactical side of management, managing revenues and costs um, and materials, really a big chunk of the managers and supervisors' time is managing the talent of the people under them. So even, you know, even though we spend a lot of time improving processes, the reality is people drive processes. So if you notice that your team skills are not increasing, your capabilities are not increasing, chances are your team is starting to stagnate and you're really not getting as much out of them as you could. Now, you talked about not promoting from within or if supervisors have been uh, promoted from within. If you start that training uh, with the supervisors and, and staff, would you then be preparing some of those people to take those leadership uh, positions? Jim, you're absolutely right. And I'm actually, I, I like promoting from within. I, I don't think it's a negative. I just think that, as you pointed out, is usually people are promoted from within only to get into a period where they struggle with the new responsibilities that they have. The most proactive companies are always investing in the talent of their people. There used to be a good quote, and I attribute it to a, a motivational speaker named Zig Ziglar. He said, uh, would you rather uh, not train people and have them stay 
or invest in training them and have them potentially leave. And so I always think that if you're the kind of uh, leader in the kind of company that creates talent, even more than you might need, and maybe, you know, people will go off to seek other opportunities. You, being a net generator of talent is what every manager and supervisor should strive to do. You're listening to Ask BBB, and our guest is Greg Schinkel, who is the president of Unique Training and Development. We're going to take a short break, and we'll return to continue our conversation. And welcome back to Ask BBB, a weekly program produced by the Better Business Bureau serving Western Ontario. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Our guest this morning is Greg Schinkel, president of Unique Training and Development and co-author of several books, including What Great Supervisors Know. Greg, uh, we were talking earlier about uh, training and uh, corporate needs. Let's uh, chat about your book, What Great Supervisors Know. It lists headings that range from dealing with difficult employees to being a good listener. Uh, can we explore a couple of these topics? Sure. Um, we, we put this book together really to be a, a, a small compendium, if you will, of all the key learning topics that people would get through our frontline leadership training program. So when you, when you look at the things that supervisors struggle with the most, one is dealing with difficult employees or having to correct unacceptable behavior uh, with some employees. So – in that uh, in during the, in that part of the book what i what we talk about is the importance of first of all having a very positive uh, constructive intent that your goal is to is to make the situation back to what you want in terms of your expectations. So a lot of managers will get irate and upset and maybe they've put off having the conversation so they get angrier. What we're advocating is that it be, it's, it remain conversational, still direct and serious, but that you, that you confront the situation head on, but in a way that uh, conveys your intent that you want things to be better. In terms of listening skills, uh, that's something my li- my wife would laugh that I'm still teaching listening <laughs> skills. Um, but what I can say, and I just recorded a segment earlier today for our podcast, is that good listeners really do three things better than anybody else uh, and people that you know who are good listeners. They focus their attention on the person so that they can completely hear what they're saying. Um, they do a good job of uh, avoiding distractions and being able to summarize back to the person what you heard them say would be some of the things that leaders could do to make sure that they listen to their workers. And by being a good listener with your employees, what it does is it allows the employee to feel more involved and engaged. And really, most people just want to be heard and listened to. You don't even have to solve all their problems as much as you need to let them tell you what the problems are and ask them questions to help them solve those problems on their own. Is that summary the one of the big keys then to to good listening? Well, I think the summarizing, Jim, all that shows is that the key, you know, the key things that you told me were this, this, and this, and this. Do I have that correct? And I, I will say this, that listening skills is not something that most people have inherently. I think the people I know who are good listeners really work hard at listening. Greg, do, do these topics in the book kind of stand alone? Would uh, – uh, even if I wasn't taking a course, would I benefit from from reading what great supervisors know? Yeah, just even as an individual. It's interesting, Jim, that for all the the copies of that book that go to our customers when we're doing training programs, we still have uh, companies that just buy that little book. I mean, it's just pocket size; it's uh, under ten dollars, and uh, they'll give them to all their supervisors because it just gives good tips on you know how to delegate work, how to avoid favoritism, um, how to balance friendship and leadership. All the kinds of struggles 
that especially frontline supervisors who've come up through the ranks might be struggling with in leading their teams effectively? Business integrity and trust is the foundation of the Better Business Bureau. You deliver workshops about sustaining trust as a leader. What should our listeners know about trust? Well, first of all, uh, trust is something that is – it takes a long time to build, but it can be destroyed in only a few seconds. So actually uh, this morning or earlier – sorry, earlier this week, I was recording some sessions uh, for our video series that we have. And one was how do you rebuild trust after it's been broken? So trust is one of those things where um, if I trust you, it means that the promises that you make to me are the promises that you'll end up keeping – and if for some reason you can't, you're going to be up front with me and you're going to own it as opposed to uh, fluffing it off or blaming somebody else for the problem. Once trust has been eroded, then can you really work at regaining that trust? I, what I mean, sort of process do you start? Well, first of all, uh, interestingly enough, that it depends how severe the trust breach is, right? So there's – I think most breaches of trust are relatively minor. If they're more severe, it could be something that can't be recovered. But, you know, there, there's been interesting research lately on the art and science of apologies. And one of the things that we know is that if you're going to rebuild trust, you have to own what happened and be willing to respond to it. I know the BBB, if if somebody has a complaint, really what you're looking for is the company to respond to that customer, to acknowledge it, and to work something out that's a solution. But if the company won't respond or won't be worked out, then uh, or won't work something out, then that's really a problem. So the art of an apology, just to quickly mention it, is just that um, an apology where you blame circumstances and the environment for causing the problem is never as well received as an apology where you put the needs of the victims ahead of everything else. So instead of saying, oh, I didn't mean to do it, but I was so stressed out and busy, what you should really do is to say, I apologize for doing that. I know this hurt you a lot. I know it probably lets you down and you feel like we didn't do a good job for you. So here's what I'd like to suggest. And if you apologize with the person or the victim in mind, then you're going to have your apology accepted much more easily. How can people get a copy of your book? And are they only available if you take the course? Uh, no, of course not. Uh, we, we sell all of our books and materials through our website at uniquedevelopment.com. And uh, I would also encourage people, if they're podcast listeners, to search for the Leader Feeder podcast on iTunes or to visit our YouTube uh, video page at uh, Frontline Leadership. So that would be how they can get in touch with the uh, Unique Training what should we know about companies like yours if uh, we're a business that is thinking about contracting training? Well, that's a that's a great question, Jim. I think, you know, the reality when you're looking for a company to deliver training, um, it's the fit between what that company's expertise is and what your team's needs are. So there's a lot of generic training out there that might be suitable for a bank or an insurance company, but it really doesn't necessarily meet the needs of an audience in an industrial setting. So that's that's where we play. Other companies will be specialists in hospitality or specialists in the restaurant business. So I think finding a training company that relates well to the industry that you're in and can speak the language that when your people attend those workshops, they'll say, this company understands me. They speak the language that I, that I need to hear. And so I would just suggest that you interview the company and really look to make sure that it's not trying to be everything to everyone, but it's specializing on an area that could really move your company forward. 
It's been an interesting time to be able to talk to you uh, on this topic, Greg. Thanks very much for taking time to share with us here on Ask BBB. Hey, you guys are doing a great service. It's great to be part of it. Thank you. You're listening to Ask BBB, and our guest has been Greg Schenkel, president of Unique Training and Development, an accredited business with the Better Business Bureau with an A-plus rating. And you'll find Unique Training and Development in the BBB directory, and from there you can connect with their website and other Internet pages. When we return, we'll be very open about data privacy. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Well, Monday, January 28th, was declared International Data Privacy Day. It's a day supported by the Better Business Bureau internationally. The National Cybersecurity Alliance declares that it is declares it in an effort to empower individuals and encourage businesses to respect privacy, safeguard data, and enable trust. In Canada, the Office of the Privacy Commissioner posts information and urges us to know our privacy rights. Overall, it underscores the impact that technology is having on our privacy rights. Is this something new? International Data Privacy Day began in Canada and the United States in January 2008. So it's been around for 11 years. Wow. What's the importance of data privacy? Well, personal information is like money. In fact, if scammers gather enough personal information about you, your friends and family, they can use it to take your money. So it is just good practice to protect your personal information just like you would protect your money. Well, BBB Serving Western Ontario posted 10 privacy tips in conjunction with Data Privacy Day. And as a consumer listening to this show, you should check off each of the tips. Do you have a unique password for each account you own? Mm-hmm. Do you use antivirus software? Check. Is your operating system and software up to date? Mm-hmm. Do you keep up with privacy settings on all of your online accounts? Do you check online accounts regularly for activity? Can you recognize and avoid phishing attacks? Do you securely archive or delete data you don't need? Are you cautious, and this is a big one, are you cautious of free Wi-Fi networks? Well, Linda, I'm sure that I can't check off every one of those, and and I bet I only partly understand some of them. Is there a source to help walk me through some of these? Jim, there are many tips on the BBB.org website. I mentioned the Office of the Privacy Commissioner of Canada. Go to www.priv.gc.ca. This has a very extensive information site on privacy rights, laws, and regulations. You can find everything from tips for creating and managing passwords to what cookies are and what you can do to avoid them. You said this site is extensive. Just how extensive, Linda? Well, information on cookies defines a cookie as a small piece of text that is placed on your computer when you visit a website and a way for the website to remember you and some basic information like language preferences, for instance. But then the page describes three more types of cookies, third-party cookies, flash cookies, and super cookies. So yes, the information on their site is extensive, but it's worth spending some time to study it. Sounds as though we'll have to set aside some time to review all of that because there's a lot of detail. What about that other site that you talked about? www.staysafeonline.org 
is the website maintained by the National Security Cyber Alliance. You'll find in-depth information there as well as some basic tips like their Stop, Think, Connect sheet that provides basic tips and advice. Boy, there's an awful lot that we need to be aware of. It's a great big cyber world out there, and each time we sign on and open our phones, we need to be aware that the world could be watching. Well, and we hope that there are some people who are out there listening this morning and that they will uh, take the data privacy tips seriously and visit our website for some of the tips there and the other websites that uh, you have mentioned, Linda. And in the meantime, you can contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BBB Western ONT. And if you have a question or a guest suggestion, you can tweet us at Hashtag AskBBB. If you're interested in becoming a BBB-accredited business, call us or go online to bbb.org backslash western-ontario and become part of one of the largest business networks in North America. Well, thanks very much for listening this morning. Remember, you can hear past episodes of AskBBB. Visit the Global News Radio CFPL AM 980 website and click through programs to find Ask BBB. And there you'll find all of the programs that we've recorded over the years that Ask BBB has been on the air. So if there's a topic that you're interested in, you'll certainly find it on the Ask BBB archives. So until next time, I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Remember, Ask BBB. And start with trust.